We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. IB Nation, welcome back to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Ryan Roberts here, Director of Recruiting at IrishBreakdown.com. Breaking it down on a Thursday. It's a solo show today for me. I know I haven't been around all week. It's been a uh, turbulent time in the Roberts household, I guess, would be the best way to put it over the last few days. Uh, can get into the specifics about it if you guys are really interested. I don't know if you totally are, though, but it's been a, bit, a little bit of a tough few days, but... Ryan is back, and I hate talking to myself in the third person, but I'm excited to be back on this podcast today doing a solo show because I'm going to talk about one of the things that have been probably the most exciting things we've seen this offseason so far, and that's the transfer portal for Notre Dame because in before the 2023 season, we saw Notre Dame go into the transfer portal, but there has been hesitation for different reasons. One is obviously the difficulties that Notre Dame can just – just have to get some players to Notre Dame, you know, the academic hurdles that you have to go across, whether it's a undergraduate transfer and how far they are into their course load and those different things. And then obviously the NIL side of things as well, or the pay for play is what we should be calling it. But Notre Dame still had some really key pickups before the 2023 season. I mean, you talk about what Javante Jean-Baptiste was able to give to Notre Dame, Thomas Harper, Sam Hartman, there was a lot of positives to what Notre Dame was able to pluck out of the portal last offseason. But this class, I think Notre Dame has really elevated its game from a transfer portal perspective. And I am really, really excited to talk about uh, um, to talk about the portal additions that Notre Dame has had. We could also talk about some of the guys that are leaving Notre Dame. And it was more about, you know, more about depth and and opportunity to play in most of those cases. But we're going to break it down offensively, defensively. What do those classes look like from the transfer portal perspective? And I'm going to go a little deeper, though, because I'm going to take it player by player, and I'm going to talk about setting expectations for each player. Because what I think we need to understand is, one, what is the low-end expectation or the baseline expectation for a football player? What can you expect when 
Riley Leonard and the other great players in Dame was able to get out of the portal this year. What is the low end expectation? Like what do they bring to the team on a baseline and a just a foundational perspective? But then there's another conversation that needs to happen of what if it hits? And you hear this all in our recruiting podcast a lot. There is a, there is a film grade on a player and then there's an upside grade on a player. And I think that we need to talk about both of those conversations because one Citing expectations is establishing a floor, but then the high end expectation is where you kind of let your mind go a little bit and say, if this guy hits a ceiling, if this guy takes a nice step, if he's developed properly, put in the right position, then you could do X, Y, and Z with them. And that could take your program to even greater heights. So I'm going to break that down player by player. We're going to do three segments today. First segment, we'll be specifically talking about the offensive transfer portal class for Notre Dame. I'm also going to be talking about the defensive transfer portal class in the second segment of the podcast. And then third, you all have already been throwing in a lot of great mailbag questions into the chat. I will get to as many as them as I possibly can in that segment. I need you all to do me a favor, though. No production on the back end right now. It is just me, solo show. So if you could just put a mailbag, the word mailbag, or an MB before the question, that would be greatly appreciated. It helps me to maintain my focus. I have ADHD. And but also be able to find the mailbag questions very, very quickly. So make sure to mailbag questions at any point in this podcast. We'll get them started. We'll get them answered. And we will talk Notre Dame football today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. So let's talk about the offensive class, folks. Obviously, th- there's a lot of 
a lot of great conversation about Notre Dame's offensive hall because there's been a great debate about you know the future of the quarterback position and what you're going to do and developing from within and, and, and what positions are you potentially targeting overall. And let's break down, first and foremost, what were the needs offensively? Because I'm going to start each segment here with what did you need to do in the portal if you're Notre Dame? Because I think there is a clear... I would argue, actually, I wouldn't even argue it. I think I think it's pretty common sense, but like there is a position that we'll talk about that there was an absolute need for Notre Dame to hit the portal because they didn't have numbers. They didn't have numbers. They didn't have production. That's talking about the wide receivers. And then there's another position like quarterback, for instance, where did Notre Dame need to go to a quarterback? Didn't they need to go to the portal for a quarterback to come in and necessarily be the starter in 2024? I think you could have made the argument against it. You could have said, Kenny Minchie, CJ Carr, Steve Angeli, fight it out, and you bring in a depth piece to just be a guy to hold a clipboard. You could have made that argument, but obviously Notre Dame did not see it quite that way, so we're going to talk about a luxury versus a need in this conversation as well, but let's talk about where Notre Dame was able to hit in the offensive class, and of course, the uh, actually, they only... They got so they got four players in the class, and I'm actually going to pull up a screen just so you all can see the positions, the players that Notre Dame was able to get in this class. So I'm talking about the left side of this screen if you're watching me on YouTube right now. So Notre Dame was able to get four players out of the transfer portal on the offensive side of the football so far. And and by the way, we'll see what happens if Notre Dame is active in the portal after spring, before the season, it's always possible that there's more added to this list eventually. But as of right now, four transfer portal offensive players in the class, we have one quarterback, Riley Leonard, grad transfer, or not undergraduate transfer, excuse me, out of Duke. We have Chris Mitchell, wide receiver out of Florida International, over 1,100 yards this past season for the Panthers down there. We also have Bo Collins, former high caliber four-star recruits at Clemson at over 500 yards this year for the Tigers. And Jaden Harrison, who's a wide receiver kick returner out of Marshall, who was a All-American, has three kickoff return touchdowns in his career. So two positions Notre Dame covered in the portal offensively. And I think that those were the most pressing needs and pressing needs for different reasons though, right? Wide receiver was the easy need. It was the easy need because you had a little bit of an exodus. I'm not going to call it mass exodus because I think that Notre Dame ended up actually being in a pretty good position after the fact, but Notre Dame needed to go get wide receivers in the portal because you lost. Chris Tyree to the transfer portal. You lost Tobias Merriweather. You lost Rico Flores. You lost Braylon James. You were down numbers. You lost four guys from players that you that could have potentially come back in 2024. So you needed to be able to go into the transfer portal and get numbers. Notre Dame did that first and foremost. So they filled the need from a numbers perspective because not only did you bring in three transfer portal wide receivers, you were also able to, to get guys like Jaden Thomas to come back, get guys like Deion Colsey to come back for that veteran depth. And you're also going to bring in a three-man wide receiver class in the 24 recruiting class. So Notre Dame is in a good spot when we're simply talking about getting numbers on board, getting numbers into the wide receiver room. And I want to talk more specifically about these wide receivers because I'm going to talk about Riley Leonard second in this podcast because or second part of this first segment because he is more of a luxury for Notre Dame but a luxury that could end up being substantial 
could end up being a needle mover. But I want to talk about wide receivers because that was the most pressing issue for them in this year in this class. And Notre Dame obviously hit those numbers, but now let's talk more specifically about the players they landed. Obviously, the first wide receiver that they got to commit to them in the transfer portal was Chris Mitchell out of Florida International. Six foot one, 170, 175 pounds, somewhere in that ballpark, probably closer to six foot, but I'm just going by the listed number right now. He is the older brother of John Mitchell, who, if you guys listen to the recruiting hour, if you listen, if you just pay attention to Notre Dame recruiting in general, Notre Dame was going after his brother out of Mandarin High School down in Florida that it signed with Penn State. And obviously that means uh, we can, you know, put things one and one together. Chris Mitchell is also a Florida kid originally, also from Mandarin High School as well. And he brings a dynamic. He brings a dynamic that I think that we need to talk about specifically. And I'm going to pull down this screen now because I, I think it might be affecting my internet. Hopefully the internet comes back a little bit better. Let me know y'all in the chat. Cause again, it's just me internet going. Okay. Connections going. Okay. Someone said that it might be a little bit, uh, Oh, it's clear for someone. So maybe, maybe it wasn't, maybe it's their internet. I don't know, but either way, let's talk Chris Mitchell guys and let's talk. And I'm going to get this back up because I think it's important. So, Chris Mitchell, wide receiver out of Florida International. Let's talk about what the expectations are, okay? We're going to talk about what the expectations baseline should be, and then let's let our imagination go. I want to hear from you guys in the chat as well. I have over 200 people already in the chat early early in, in this chat, and I want to hear about what you guys are excited about as well, right? Like, I don't want to talk at you. I want to have a great conversation in the chat as well. Talk to me about what you're excited about with Chris Mitchell. For the people that have watched a little bit of his film, have read about our reports on him, heard just kind of the early, you know, indications of him, let's talk about what you all are excited about. What's the high-end expectation for Chris Mitchell? But let's set the baseline first. Notre Dame needed to get outside receivers in this class. They need to get them. Because when you look at what they had coming back next year, there's a lot of guys who are really, like, I'm excited about Jaden Greathouse. I'm excited about Jordan Faison. I'm really excited about Jaden Thomas if he's able to stay healthy. I, I love a lot of what Notre Dame has from a proven production coming back in terms of talent. But I think the thing that you need to talk about is how does this wide receiver room fit together? And that was the clunkiness of what the room could be going forward is that you have a lot of guys that kind of work mostly from the inside, the more slot options or guys that kind of feast more with open space and being smart football players, know where to sit down against zone, maybe don't have the biggest size of all time. So it's kind of a, a little bit of a hindrance to play outside exclusively. So Notre Dame needed to get some outside oriented players. They need a little bit of length. They need a little bit of speed. And I think immediately, what's the baseline for Chris Mitchell? What's the worst case scenario? He gives you a healthy body outside that was productive, over 60 receptions last year for Florida National, over 1,100 yards. And also, he gives you an outside-oriented football player who brings speed to the table and explosiveness to the table. This is a legitimate 4-4 athlete that can play outside the numbers. He's going to be more of the... Z receiver in this offense. So the field outside receiver, because he's not the, he's not the strongest guy of all time. He's only 170, 175 pounds that, you know, he's just, he's got kind of that lanky frame, 
So you're not going to throw him into the boundary a ton to work against press man and just more big physical physical corners. You're going to ask Chris Mitchell to utilize his speed and work to the field a ton, which immediately that met the need. That met the need. At worst, at worst, he is a player that gives you an outside elements of speed and athleticism and can win down the fields just in theory theoretically now let's talk about the upside because i want to get excited man it's the offseason can get so boring sometimes guys and you just want it you just want to get excited right and it's okay to be excited i promise you it's okay to be excited so what's the high end the high end for me twofold one if i asked you all now again throw it in the chat i want to hear from you all is there a chance? Well, actually, let me phrase the question this way first. Who is the most likely player in your opinion? I'm talking to you all the listeners out there live with me on YouTube. If I had to ask you right now, gun to your head, who's the leading receiver for Notre Dame in 2024? Who's the leading receiver? Who's the guy that you would say, that guy's going to lead this team in receiving yardage. He's going to be the dude for this offense. He is going to be the guy that creates the big plays, the explosives. Where Where is it? Who is it? I'm seeing Bo Collins in the chat already. I saw Chris Mitchell a little bit ago, kind of when I was introing the question. I imagine that some people are going to say J- Jaden Greathouse. I imagine some people might say Jaden Thomas if he's able to stay healthy because he was their number one receiver going into the year. I saw a Jordan face on. I just saw another Jaden Greathouse. I'm seeing a lot of different answers, right? And that is what is so exciting, but also not troubling. Troubling's not the right word. The word is just there's you're you're interested in it, right? You're 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 you it piques your interest. You're interested to see who is the guy that ends up being the number one receiver. Who ends up be, or it, do you need a number one receiver? Might even be a better question. Is there a guy that you look at and say he needs to be the guy or else this offense isn't as good? And my, my so my question is, and I saw a couple people already had this answer. Could Chris Mitchell be the top receiver for Notre Dame in 2024? Could he be? I, I think it's possible. Look, if I was a betting man, my personal my personal answer would probably be Jaden Greathouse. That would be the guy I would bet on. But I think that there is a reality where it's Chris Mitchell. There is no other wide receiver on this roster. That was more healthy, or I'm sorry, more productive in 2023 than Chris Mitchell. Yes, it was in a group of five level. It was Florida International, but we're talking about a 4-4 athlete that was able to have that production and has pretty good release packages. Then why can't it be Chris Mitchell? And then my next question to you all, and I, I really want us to like to expand this a little bit, right? Is that Chris Mitchell is not the type of wide receiver for Notre Dame that we have typically seen them be the number one receiver for an offense. It's typically, it's been twofold over the last few years. One is a boundary receiver. You talk about the Chase Claypools of the world. You talk about Miles Boykin. You talk about those big body guys, Javon McKinley, a few years ago. Typically, Notre Dame has kind of run offensively, passing game-wise, through the boundary position. And then we saw Notre Dame over the last couple years we talked about the tight end position. You talk about, and it even happened this year too. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. Michael Mayer was the dude for two years 
for Notre Dame was the absolute dude. And then this year, who was the best receiver or the best receiving option in the time that he was able to be available for Notre Dame, most efficient? It was Mitchell Evans. It was Mitchell Evans. If Mitchell Evans was healthy for a full year, based upon what we saw from him in the seven games he played and almost 500 yards he had, I think it was Mitchell Evans. He would have been the number one receiver, number one pass catcher, I should say, for Notre Dame in 2023. So we have seen boundary receivers be the number one. We have seen tight ends over the last few years be the number one. Now, if my re- if if the high-end reality is that Chris Mitchell ends up being the number one receiver or the top receiving option for Notre Dame in 2024, that completely changes the dynamic of what we have seen from Notre Dame from a passing game perspective. Who is the last outside field receiver, the Z receiver position now, what it's called, which is what it always should have been called, but that's a conversation for another day. When's the last time that Notre Dame had that outside-oriented field receiver be the top receiving option on the team? It's been it's been a few years, guys. <laughs> it's been a few years. I would say the last one is Will Fuller, <laughs> right? It's that's the last one. Notre Dame hasn't had that dynamic a ton. They have had boundary receivers. They've had tight ends. That they, they haven't had a ton of Z receivers, a ton of outside vertical-oriented field guys that are just that guy in their offense, the main player that you're going to look for to make that big of a jump. So after that, so if that does happen, right, this offense completely changes. We might be seeing a distribution and a change in philosophy offensively from a passing game perspective. Mike Denbrock coming in. It's a new era now offensively. You're going to see Mike Brown come in and work with these wide receivers if Chris Mitchell becomes the, the outside-oriented receiver, then maybe that takes a little bit of because why why was it so unsettling last year? And someone just made a great point. Who was Will Fuller's offensive coordinator? Right. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. Mike Denbrock worked a lot with Will Fuller. What made us unsettled last year was we knew that we had nobody as fans that you could throw into the boundary that was a difference maker because you were dealing with so many injuries and you didn't have that guy that would really just be able to strike the fear in the number one corner on a team. You just didn't have that guy in the boundary. Well, what if I told you, you don't necessarily need that guy to be your top receiver. You don't necessarily need him to be number one. If Chris Mitchell is able to create those mismatches, work vertically, create big plays, and that boundary position becomes more of a, hey, you now have single coverage all the time. You need to win some back shoulders. You need to win some comebacks, maybe an occasional go ball, and you just need to be a good complementary weapon. Then that changes the dynamic of the offense. I'm not necessarily saying that's what's going to happen. I just want us to start to think of a world where, hey, this offense might look a little different, man. This might be different because you have a new guy calling offensive plays. You have a wide receiver coach that has a pretty good track record of developing wide receiver talent. And you have a couple guys coming in, Chris Mitchell, Bo Collins specifically, that brings something different than what you had in 2023. You just didn't have it. What would have, what a blessing it would have been down the stretch in 2023 if you would have had a Bo Collins that you could have thrown into the boundary. When everyone's hurt, everyone has a hamstring issue, you don't have a guy that's a real true boundary receiver. If you could throw a guy like a Bo Collins into the boundary last year, would have made Notre Dame's offense so much better. Luckily, there is a Bo Collins. 
So Bo Collins, as I mentioned, graduate transfer. Actually, he's an undergrad as well out of Clemson. Let's set the baseline expectations now for Bo Collins. And I know a lot of people out there are super excited about Bo for a couple different reasons. One, actually, probably three reasons, I guess. You saw him at Clemson this past year. He actually had a pretty good game against Notre Dame. He had a couple where he, he got Benjamin Morrison turned around twice on, a, on specific routes. He was a big-time recruit. He was the leading receiver at Clemson the last couple of years. And also, he had a pretty good showing against Notre Dame. So you know who Bo Collins is at this point. If you're a Notre Dame fan, you should. At least you saw him in the game, if nothing else. If you don't have like deep understanding of his recruiting profile and his career at Clemson, you did see him at Notre Dame, obviously. What does Bo Collins bring to the table for Notre Dame? Bo Collins, as a baseline for Notre Dame, gives you something that I just hit on that you didn't have enough of or you didn't have any of at certain times in 2023. You didn't have a guy that had requisite size and athleticism to consistently win in the boundary against man-to-man coverage. Didn't have it. There were at times in 2023 where you were throwing Jaden Greathouse into the boundary. Guys, he's not a boundary receiver, at least not right now. I, I think that he can be. I think that he can be that de facto Boundary guy who's just going to win back shoulders. But Jaden can win with size. He can win with physicality. He can win with great hand play. He can win with nuance. But he's not a burner. It's just not. That's never going to be his game. And then you also obviously lost Deion Colsey early in the year. He's kind of your best option just from a height, weight, speed perspective. I mean, he's a 6'5 kid that can run pretty well. He can kind of threaten vertically a little bit more than like a Jaden Greathouse can. But Jaden Thomas is kind of the similar mold of what I just said about Jaden Greathouse. Not great speed. He's very nuanced. He's very flexible. And he's really strong and physical. He can do some things into the boundary. But as a, on a full-time basis, I'm just not sure you had enough of that in 2023. Notre Dame, luckily, with Bo Collins, at worst, you're going to get an experienced veteran player that has played in the boundary, has had production in the boundary, and has shown that you at least need to account for him. He has been on a ACC team, because that's one concern that people have with Chris Mitchell, and I totally get it, right? Is that Chris Mitchell is making a pretty nice little competition jump. Going from Florida International up to Notre Dame, that's a jump. Going from Clemson to Notre Dame, obviously, that's not much of a jump, right? That That is a, that's just a, you're going from one, very good program to another very good program. Notre Dame should be able to. <laughs> oh man, some of these questions are always funny. Um, <laughs> Chris, I'll get to that one, man, because I, I have a fun relationship with that one. I have a fun relationship with that one. But you now have a guy that's not making a huge jump of competition. I think the baseline for Bo Collins is very easy. He's 6'3, he's 210 pounds, he's physical, pretty athletic, he has experience playing in the ACC. He's been there, done that. Chris Mitchell's a little bit more volatile. He's a little bit more volatile in the sense that I think the low end and the high end are a little bit spread apart, right? I think he could be really good, but he could also just be a, a good player, like a, just a solid player. Bo Collins, I think, brings a higher floor in the sense that you know what Bo is going to be. At worst, he's going to be a good body in the boundary. It doesn't mean that he'll be a 1,000-yard receiver. doesn't mean he'll be an 800-yard receiver. doesn't mean he'll be a 600-yard receiver. I don't know exactly what the production will be for Bo Collins, but at worst, he's the player that you look at and say, I know that he belongs on the field at Notre Dame. Like, he belongs there. He gives you 
a big body and consistency. Because he's been, I mean, although he never hit his ceiling at Clemson, he was a consistent player over the last couple of years, man. Like he really was. When he was healthy, he was pretty productive. He was pretty productive. So that's the baseline is that you're getting experience, you're getting a veteran, you're getting a guy that has been there on the highest level and played in some big football games during his career at Clemson. So that's what you're getting with Bo Collins. Now the upside, the upside's interesting because I think we fall in love with recruiting rankings too much, but the recruiting ranking for Bo Collins, and I, I do agree with this, is that Bo Collins had a lot of upside to his game. He had a whole lot of upside because he is big, long, pretty fast athletic. He's an athletic kid overall. That's why he was rated as high as he was. That's why he had as many great suitors as he was. He's a St. John Bosco kid originally, obviously, and he was ultra productive at St. John Bosco. So my question to you all, and again, would love the feedback in the chat. Would absolutely love it. Please. If you're following us live on YouTube, how good do you think Bo Collins could be? And you could cite that as expectations. You can cite that as a role, clear number one receiver, very good number two receiver. He goes for a thousand yards. He's 800 plus. He's more of a Miles Boykin type of player. You know, what, what, what are the expectations for Bo Collins? What are you expecting of him? What are you expecting? Because I think there's a world where Bo Collins is your top receiver in 2024. But the cool part about the Bo Collins pickup is although the upside is still tremendous there to be that type of player, at worst, you know what you're getting. At worst. And I think that you needed to be able to, and this is my opinion, if you guys agree with this or disagree with it, I would love to hear it also because this is a great conversation, is I think in the wide receiver additions on this roster from the portal, you needed a good combination of known commodities and guys maybe with a little bit more upside to be a dude, right? And I think Bo brings a little bit of both, but also Chris Mitchell is a little bit more of a, I want to say boomer bust, but he's a little bit more of that guy that could either be a stud or he can just be, eh, he's fine. He's a body. But Bo, I think, could either be a really good football player or he could just be a good player, right? Like, I just don't think there's as much volatility there, which is great. And I think that you needed that type of player as well. It couldn't have just all been, hey, we're going to go after... These three guys, they don't have any production, but they're super talented. They're ultra productive. I mean, uh, not ultra productive. They're super talented. They have high upside, but they don't have a floor. They don't bring a floor to the table. And, and I don't think that you can live that way. You can't because as someone just said, like you need a guy that can be a, a clutch player in the big moments. And that doesn't have to be your number one receiver. It doesn't. He could be a very good complimentary weapon. He could be a really good complimentary third receiver. He, cause he's a, he's going to block. He's going to run routes. He's going to be big and physical. I think the baseline of Bo Collins is my favorite part about his game. And the fact that he still has some untapped potential, I think that's what gets you kind of excited, man. So you have your field outside receiver in Chris Mitchell. You have your boundary receiver in Bo Collins. You upgraded the outside positions without question. It was net, like you did it. You did that. Also counting Cam Williams coming in. Also counting Michael Gilbert get in, coming in as true freshmen. So you now have four new bodies that can play outside of the numbers, which I think was big time for Notre Dame. They needed to be able to do that in this class. And they did that. They did just that. Now let's talk about the, the interesting addition. The one that kind of took us off guard. I mean, honestly, we had no idea that this player was even on Notre Dame's radar until he committed. And that's Jaden Harrison, 5'11", 190 pounds, Wide receiver out of Marshall, 
Over 400 yards receiving this past season for Marshall was actually their leading receiver on an offense that was not the best throwing team of all time. If you can tell by that stat, they, they just were not. Jaden Harrison, though, might bring the best baseline of any player that I've talked about so far. Why? He is an All-American kick returner. All-American. And Jaden Harrison, at worst, you want to talk about the baseline, is that he is going to give you two things. One, he's a really good kick returner. He's going to be able to return kicks, no doubt. Two, what does that do for you? It also makes it so that Jadarian Price maybe doesn't have to return as many kicks. And although it's exciting, and he took one back to the house this year for Notre Dame, and you love to see it, also you look at, at being able to save some wear and tear on, on Jadarian Price and be able to let him focus on the running back position, that's a really fun concept for me. Because you look at the two-back punch, also talking about guys like Jabron Payne as well, but the two-back punch of, Jeremiah Love and Jadarian Price, if he's able to really stay focused on the running back position and being the best player that he can be from an upside perspective, I, I really think that allowing him to do that is, is really impressive and really opportune for this offense on the next level. So Jane Harrison has a chance to take a little bit of that, of that, of that wear and tear off of his body, potentially that, that off of his plates, potentially. And that is the baseline that he brings that you a known commodity as a really good kick returner that has that type of upside and brings that type of upside to the table. Now, what is the upside of Jaden Harrison as far as what can he ultimately bring all around as a football player? It's a little bit untapped. I think it's a little bit of an unknown. Because I look at Jane Harrison and I say, you know, he was on a struggling offense, but you look at just kind of the reps that he does have, and he could be a really nice space player for Notre Dame. A, 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 in a role that Notre Dame has had to a degree, but they've needed over the last couple of years to get more and more of it. And they are getting more and more of it. Because you talk about now, you, you talk about, be, you know, Jordan Faison coming in and showing what he did as a true freshman. You talk about Logan Saldate coming in. You talk about a couple of these young slot receivers that have the ability to win in space and create some explosive plays. You needed more of that dynamic. And will Jaden Harrison be any type of contributor in the slot for Notre Dame other than just a body on a 3D potentially? I have no idea. I have no idea. I assume that they bring him in with the idea that he will be able to help in some capacity offensively. But the great thing is, is that that's just an added bonus. If Jaden Harrison comes to Notre Dame and he's just a really good kick returner and he never catches a single pass for Notre Dame, it's fine because you added a dynamic to a third of the game that you need in certain moments. We have seen Notre Dame teams get jump-started by kick, big kick returns, big kick return for touchdowns. It has happened. So having a Jaden Harrison that can flip the momentum of a game on one touch a game, special teams-wise, is big for Notre Dame. The ability to create great field position for an offense. That is huge for this team. And anything else he gives you in the passing game is nothing more than a bonus for this Notre Dame offense. So Jane Harrison, I think, is a just really good pickup for Notre Dame because he, at worst, is going to be able to take some, take some reps off of a Jadarian Price, give you a good kick returner, and give you just a really good baseline of special teams value 
to the next level. So I'm actually really excited about that one, man. I really am. There are, you know, a, a, there's always going to be a couple pickups that you're just kind of like, I don't really know what to expect. And you could say that about Jane Harrison as a wide receiver, but I'm excited to see a all American kick returner at Notre Dame, a guy that has three kickoff return for touchdowns in his career. I think that that's pretty exciting. So Jane Harrison, that's the wide receiver position folks. Again, I wanted to save Riley Leonard for the second part of this conversation because the wide receiver position was an absolute need in this class. You needed to be able to hit on numbers with where you are with the four members that entered the transfer portal and also Matt Salerno obviously exhausting eligibility this offseason. You need to bring in wide receiver numbers just from a depth perspective. Quarterback-wise, there was a reality where Notre Dame brings in a grad transfer quarterback that is just good holding the clipboard for a year, you know, trying to get his master's degree at Notre Dame or whatever or start a graduate course at Notre Dame. And you roll with the three young cats that you have in the quarterback room. That being Steve Angeli, that being Kenny Minchie, that being CJ Carr. You could have rolled with that. Riley Leonard is more of a luxury for Notre Dame. They took an opportunity to add a quarterback to the room. They had the opportunity to bring a, a quarterback into the room that brings you a dynamic that you just haven't had at Notre Dame in some time. Notre Dame hasn't had a dual threat level quarterback to the degree of a Riley Leonard in quite a few years at this point. You know, like you had a little bit with Tyler Buckner when he was healthy in certain games. Otherwise, you have had, had more standard pocket quarterbacks for the last couple of years. The most successful quarterbacks they've had has been Jack Cohn, has been Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman could do a little bit, you know, outside of structure, but for the most part, those are those are pocket passers who just function from inside of structure a whole lot more than they're going to function outside of structure. Notre Dame wanted something different from a quarterback in this portal class. They wanted a player that brings a dynamic that they just, just don't have. They don't have because Kenny Mitchie's a good athlete guys. He, he can make something happen when things break down in the pocket. CJ Carr can do a little bit of the same stuff. Steve Angeli can do a little bit of the same stuff, but none of those guys are going to be a 700-yard, 13-touchdown rusher potentially for a team if they needed him to be. They just aren't that type of athlete. Riley Leonard is different in the sense that he is a pocket kid, but he's also a design run kid. He also can make things happen outside of structure when things break down. He's just a different dynamic. But let's talk about baseline for Riley Leonard, okay? Baseline. And this is assuming that Riley Leonard stays healthy. I, I don't really want to talk about the health stuff because, again, I we're, we're going to talk about it all offseason, and it's a conversation, of course. But Riley Leonard, in his last, let me think, last seven years of playing football, quarterback, and that's talking about high school level into college now for three years before this, he's had one season where he's been banged up. One, never missed a game in high school, didn't miss a game as a true freshman for all the games he, they needed him to come into. And then he was healthy fully his 2022 season. So I understand the hesitation. I understand the questions, but injury prone. I, I just, I hate that terminology, especially with Riley, because there's no proof that he is actually injury prone. Injury prone means that it keeps happening over and over again. He had an injury riddled season. Does, could it start? Sure. But I am assuming that Riley Leonard is going to stay healthy. So assuming that Riley Leonard stays healthy, what are your baseline expectations? And again, I'm talking to you guys. I'm actually talking out loud as well because these are my baseline expectations. 
at worst, if Riley Leonard is healthy, I think you're going to get the 2022 version of Riley Leonard baseline at worst through 20 touchdowns six. And and again, I'm not talking about stat baseline. I'm not saying that these are exactly going to be his stats at, at worst. What I'm saying is, is that he was a very good dual threat quarterback in 2022. 20 touchdowns, six interceptions, 13 rushing touchdowns, 33 total touchdowns, only six interceptions. Like, very good baseline. Because he brings a dynamic that Notre Dame hasn't had. I mean, Sam Hartman just had 27 total touchdowns. Riley Leonard had 33 total touchdowns last year on a less talented Duke team, on a team that needed him to be a dude. That's the baseline, right? Is that I think that he brings a dynamic that Notre Dame hasn't had. And that dynamic will be a little bit of a, it'll be a welcome addition, I think. Because someone just said chain mover in the chat. And I think that he is a player that at worst will be able to get you out of some trouble at times. He'll be able to get you out of some trouble. When you need a first down, when there's a broken play, I think he'll be able to make some plays happen. That's the baseline. Now, what's the upside? And I know that there's a, there's a, there's a very, wide opinion of Riley Leonard. Very wide. Some believe that Riley Leonard is not that guy, that he's going to be a bust, that, you know, whatever, you know, that that type of stuff, right? Then there's other people that love the Riley Leonard pickup, and they look at him and say, man, there's some untapped potential there, folks. You look at him and say, if he is 2022 version plus a step up, then is he an elevator? And I would argue that he is an elevator if he is able to stay healthy. If he's able to stay healthy, I believe that he's not just a player that's a part of the machine. He's not just a player that could be really good if everything's functioning well around him. That he could be a player that can make something out of nothing and can lead you to big game victories when you need him most. An elevator is what I believe that he can be. Again, we're talking about two different realities. This is why we're talking about a baseline is we're talking about an upside. Because if I just sat here and said, I believe that Riley Leonard is going to win the Heisman and he is going to elevate this team to a national championship. He's going to throw for 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns and run for another 10. That would mean being me just talking about one version of what could happen. Because we know that there are a lot of ifs with this thing, right? Can he stay healthy? Does the offensive line play well? Do the wide receiver step up? Is the offensive play calling as good as we think it's going to be? There are a lot of things that are going to go into this conversation of how good Riley Leonard is. There's going to be a lot. But I believe that he has that type of upside, guys. Before the injuries ensued with Riley Leonard, he was being talked about, and I will say this legitimately talked about. I'm not talking about draft Twitter pumping him up. Legitimately talking about him leaving school early and becoming a first-round pick, potentially. That was on the table, and it and it was legitimate. This wasn't a, you know, uh, average Joe talking about this off to the side at a, you know, at a bar. Like, oh, man, that guy's pretty good. Maybe he's a sleeper. Like, no, like, there was legitimate conversation about it. I think someone just said, yeah, someone just said in the chat, Mel Kuyper had him ranked as his third-ranked quarterback. And say what you want about Mel. I respect Mel because I'm an NFL draft guy, and he's the godfather. But Mel's information that he puts out there, comes from the NFL, right or wrong. It comes from the NFL, a lot of it. A whole lot of his rankings come from the NFL. So there was legitimate buzz there. And I think that he was going to put together a great season for 
for Duke last year if he was able to beat the injury bug because things were going to get rolling down the stretch. I, I truly believe that because at worst, I think he was going to be 2022 version. 2023 version, I think could be something special. I believe it, man. Like 35 plus touchdowns potentially, you know, 3,000 plus yards passing, could have another 500 rushing. Like this kid could be the best dual threat quarterback Notre Dame has had in some time. It could be. But the key thing is, is that you have the ability here to look at Riley Leonard and say, if he can stay healthy, he has the chance to at least give you a different dynamic that team people just haven't seen at Notre Dame, just haven't seen it at the quarterback position. And at its best, he can be a difference maker. Absolute difference maker. I believe that. I believe that he has that upside and that potential. But we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Ultimately, it'll be about what can he accomplish this offseason. It's going to be huge for him, man, because we talk about just the transition to Notre Dame from a foundational person perspective. This is a young man who's an undergraduate. He's still going to be going through his course workload early on at Notre Dame. He's going to be acclimating as a student. He's going to be acclimating as a person. And he also needs to win over this, this, this team really quickly. You know, he needs to be able to show that he is the leader. Because I know there's some people out there that are yelling for a, a quarterback competition. Give Steve a chance. Give one of the young guys a chance. I get it. But there's a reason that Riley Leonard was brought in, guys. Let's not, let's not fool ourselves. There's a reason that Riley Leonard was brought in to be the quarterback in Notre Dame, to be QB1. So I have high expectations. Hopefully he achieves it. And if he does, Notre Dame has a chance to be special in 2024 not good special that has that type of upside and this is why it's a luxury Notre Dame could have been very good I think in 2024 without Riley but I think Riley gives them a higher upside gives them a little bit higher of a a peak that you potentially get to in 2024 so Riley Leonard grad undergraduate transfer from Duke starting quarterback for Notre Dame think he has that type of upside that's the offensive class here folks I'm going to get to defense next, okay? But before I do, and we're going to talk about RJ Oben, we're going to talk about Jordan Clark, we're going to talk about Rod Hurd, we're going to talk about Mitch Jeter at the end too because I wanted to throw the place kicker in there. So I also had a little less to talk about defensively. So we're going to talk about all those guys. Before we do though, please hit that like button, subscribe to the podcast. If you're listening to me live on YouTube right now, hit that notification bell at the bottom of the screen. Also, if you are on the message board already. A lot of great intel that's going up there at boards.com. But if you're not, go sign up today. And if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform after I've recorded, make sure you subscribe there. Make sure you hit a five-star review. Make sure you also leave a nice little comment in that five-star review section on any and all of your favorite podcast platforms. And we'll check you on the next topic here on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.